The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Uh, while you're getting in touch, let's talk about uh, the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar, who has been speaking ahead of a major EU leaders' summit, saying that the EU has lost credibility due to the union's fragmented response to the Israeli Israeli Palestine conflict. Have a listen. As I've said before, uh, I'm a huge believer in the European Union. I think the European Union's been an enormous success. It's a beacon uh, for prosperity and freedom around the world. Uh, but our inability to take a uh, stronger and clearer position uh, on the situation in Gaza, uh, I think has undermined our credibility with the global south, with the Arab world, with Africa, with Asia, Latin America. Uh, and also, I think uh, there's a real strength of movement from young people uh, in the United States, uh, in the EU, uh, around the world, who feel a very strong sympathy for uh, Palestinians um, uh, and uh, and what they're suffering in Gaza at the moment. Uh, so I think very crucial that we make it clear once again that we've no truck or tolerance for terrorism. Uh, what Hamas did on October 7th had no justification. There was no excuse for it. Um, what should happen now is a lasting ceasefire in Gaza. And then we need to move on to the most important thing, which is um, talks about the future and the final status. Uh, and that really means um, a two-state solution. And the European Union needs to not just call for that, needs to actually work towards it and put pressure on, on both sides to make that happen. So that was uh, Leo Varadkar speaking ahead of that uh, EU Leaders Summit that is ongoing uh, as we speak, uh, suggesting that uh, the credibility of the EU has been undermined in recent months. But my next guest has gone further than that. He has suggested, suggested that Ursula von der Leyen, the EU Commission President, should step down. He is John O'Brennan. He is the political scientist and Jean Monnet Professor and Chair of the European Integration at Maynooth University. John, why should she step down? Well, I think von der Leyen's tenure since September and especially since the 7th of October attacks on Israel by Hamas has been a tale of one disaster after another. She came out first and unequivocally put her office behind Israel. She continued to do that week after week when huge numbers of Palestinian people were being killed. Um, at the same time, the commissioner for the neighborhood, Oliver Varhalai, came out, you may recall, and said at one point very early on that the commission was going to withdraw aid from Palestine. His colleague in the commission came out a few hours later and said that's not the case. He'd gone on a solo run. So there was immense confusion and this um, continuing pattern where von der Leyen has been, in my view, just far too close to Israel. And that's been uncomfortable, I think, for many member states. But I think the issue around Hungary and the rule of law is much, much more serious because the European Commission is the guardian of the treaty. We rely on commissioners and on the president of the commission to guard mm. the integrity of the treaties. And the decision to give 10 billion euros to Hungary, it seems to me, flies in the face of that commitment. Uh, and, uh, John, Hungary, can I, and sorry to cut across you there, uh, before I bring in Bobby McDonough, um, for, for I know this is a complicated issue, uh, so, so this is a, a, a difficult task, but for people listening, what is the issue with Hungary? Viktor Orban came back to office in 2010 and he began almost immediately dismantling the checks and balances in Hungary's democratic institutions. He's continued on that path since 2010. The EU was very slow to get to grips with all of this. Eventually, in 2020 and 2021, we got a new 
tool that the Commission was able to use, which was to link the rule of law within individual member states to dispersal from the EU budget. So what happened is that the Commission, and this was supported later by the Court of Justice, withheld 30 billion odd euros from Hungary because it said that they were absolutely in contravention or violation of their obligations under the treaty. And this is absolutely correct. Orban has essentially dismantled all of the normal kind of institutions that might expect to balance uh, a government in any member state. And uh, so what the commission has done essentially yesterday is to give in to Orban's blackmail. He basically said, I will only support the opening of negotiations with Ukraine if you unlock the funds that have been withheld over the last few years. And that's exactly what the commission did yesterday. Bobby McDonough is a former Irish ambassador to the EU and the UK. Uh, Bobby, you're welcome to the programme as well. Have you reservations about the direction the EU has been heading with regards to Gaza and Hungary? Yes, I do. I mean, I agree with a lot of uh, John's diagnosis, as as I always do. Um, I agree that uh, van der Leyen handled the Middle East situation badly. I think the EU should call for an immediate ceasefire, as the Taoiseach is calling for. I mean, even the United States is calling the Israeli campaign indiscriminate now, and the European Union hasn't been able to get around to that. And I agree that Orban is appalling, and he undermines uh, you know, democracy and decency in Europe. But I would be more hesitant than John, more cautious about uh, being so critical uh, of van der Leyen or about the Taoiseach saying that the overall credibility of the European Union has damaged just because mistakes are made. There's a risk that it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. The European Union is and will remain, despite its mistakes, the most important significant actor for democracy and decency in the world. It's not going to be Putin or China or or Trump's America. Europe is needed more than ever. And and people don't say, if Irish politicians make a mistake, that they're turning away from Ireland. Uh, You know, mistakes are made. But the European Union shouldn't be judged by different standards, even if the mistakes are serious mistakes, because we live in an imperfect world and we should support those who are least imperfect against the populists who, who think that, who argue that perfection is possible. So, you know, the EU's strengths are also its weaknesses. Now, on the rule of law, for example, which is a huge strength in the European Union, when you think of what's happening in Britain uh, and has happened there, with, more importantly in America, the rule of law. But the rule of law means that the EU can only apply its own laws to Hungary. We would all love to the European Union to take stronger action against Hungary, but the rule of law is a huge strength, but also a weakness in terms of how the European Union could act. I would also join with John in being critical of, of uh, Ursula von der Leyen. I think going to Israel and giving an absolute carte blanche to, to Israel mm-hmm. when it was bleeding obvious that they needed some sort of uh, corrective in terms of the limits of how much the world would, would tolerate of, of the way they were going to react. But a lot of good things have happened under van der Leyen. She's been probably the best president of the commission since the law. Um, the EU played a big role at the climate change at a conference at COP. It handled COVID well. It's the first um, entity in the world to produce serious legislation about artificial intelligence. Von der Leyen played a big central role in, um, in the EU's rapid response to Ukraine, which is also a matter of, of great importance to John that he, that he always emphasizes. So look, I, I agree with him in his diagnosis. I agree that Van der Leyen deserves criticism. I agree that the EU because of the rule of law and because of its unanimity requirement mm. in terms of what it can say on the Middle East, it's imperfect. But I think we should just be cautious about turning legitimate criticism into an overall call for heads or into arguing that somehow, somehow the European Union is, 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 is 
is, is undermined with the public in, in a very broad way. And if you take yeah. specifically the, the Hungary question, I mean, John rightly makes two points uh, very strongly, not just now, but in social media. The EU should back Ukraine's membership ambitions. It should give the money that it's hoping to give Ukraine for its, its ongoing struggle. And it should also avoid blackmail by, by Orban. But these things are linked up to a point. You know, in, in an ideal world, uh, Orban shouldn't be given an inch. In an ideal world, he should be sidelined in some way. But the decision-making procedures of the union, uh, imperfect though they are, but based on the rule of law and in some cases on, on unanimity, um, mean that he has to be cajoled along to a certain extent. Okay. So it, it might well be, even though it's very distasteful to give him some of the money that, 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 that he has owed, it, it might be, and we'll see later today or tomorrow, uh, the way of getting him to unblock block some of his position on Ukraine. So, so in order to suspend Hungary's voting rights, which I would be delighted to see, you have to get the other 26 countries voting for it. Mm. And given you know, right-wing populist governments in Slovenia and Slovakia and, and, and perhaps elsewhere, um, it's highly doubtful whether that threshold could be received. So, you know, again, I think it's right to identify the problem, but I think the, the solutions are just um, a bit more complex uh, and difficult. Uh, John, before we kind of wrap this up, can I ask you to maybe gaze into the crystal ball a little bit? Because uh, Bobby mentioned some of those uh, new governments that have been heralded in in parts of Eastern Europe. Do you, do you expect we're in for maybe a bumpy few years in terms of um, the relationship between member states or between the European Union itself and Member states. I think 2024, Kieran, is shaping up as a terrifying year if you're a Democrat. Across the Atlantic, there is every prospect that Donald Trump will be elected president for a second time. I am convinced that one of the first things he will do is to take the United States out of NATO. And so the Europeans, for the first time since World War II, are going to have to defend themselves to find new mechanisms in security and defense to be able to defend themselves. But there's also the continuing surge of far-right parties. We saw this in the Netherlands recently with the success of the Freedom Party. We've seen it in any number of other jurisdictions. I think we're going to see it again in the European Parliament elections in 2024. And this is part of the context in which I think we should be thinking about the Orban problem, because he's part of this surge in ultranationalism and popular radical right-wing politics that is actually kind of cannibalising the European Union from within. John O'Brennan, political scientist and G. Monet Professor of European Integration at NUI Maynooth and Bobby McDonough, the former Irish ambassador to the EU and the UK. Gentlemen, thank you both very much. Thank you. Thanks, Kieran. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.